All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Natty News Daily Podcast. Dan and myself are joined by none other than Greg Bremick. Uh, if you don't know Greg, you're about to. We're going to dive into a little bit of his history. We're going to talk about some of the struggles that he might have faced. And I really think that this is one of those episodes that's going to be a little bit of an inspirational story for you all. So definitely tune in, stick with us on this one. Greg, I'm going to turn it right over to you to get a little bit of a background on yourself, who you are, what you do, the whole shebang there. Okay, so um, if we're talking about lifting and bodybuilding, um, I got my first weightlifting set when I was about 15 years old from my dad. It was sitting in the basement, um, and I didn't take it really serious the first couple of years. It was kind of in and out, did a bunch of push-ups, used the bar, bench press 135, and the list goes on. And it turned about 18. I got out of high school. Uh, I took a year off from going back to college, and that's when I first started getting into weightlifting seriously. Um, when I got into college, um, I went to Kent State, and I started going to this gym called Buckeye Gym, and I started putting on a lot of size, and I did like a dreamer ball. <laughs> I put on, I was like 165 pounds, and I went up to like 220 pounds, and it was bad. But to be honest, it was pretty crazy because I think maybe at the start of it, my my strength was at like, I don't know, like a 275 bench. At the end, it was like a 365 bench. So that, that, was like, that, was like, that was like 14 weeks too. And I put on like a significant amount of body fat, but I also put on a lot of muscle. And that was from like a period of like me being 18 and a half to like 19 and a half. So it was like a year. And I saw my physique change like tremendously. Uh, and just like looking in the mirror, I knew I had potential there right from the get-go. So I started going on the forums and that's where I led me to the bodybuilding.com forums. And that's where I ran into a guy, Lane Norton. Back then that was like the main guru guy, Lane Norton and Dr. Joe Klumzenski. And Lane was the kind of guy that took me behind his reins and, um, he got me into the uh, mini cutting and uh, the bulking. That's what it was back then. People would like cut for like eight weeks and then you ball for eight weeks. And I was like on and on. Um, but I worked with him and we were looking to do a show in 2009. And that was when I was about 20 years old. And 2009, the day of the show, I was going to be 21. So everything was going perfect. Like the cutting and everything was going great. And um, about five weeks before the show, I started getting some of these weird symptoms, like severe fatigue, severe brain fog, um, like muscle tightness and spasms. And I was having trouble sleeping. But the problem was, was five weeks after the show, we were digging and we were having troubles losing body fat. So it's kind of hard to decipher between is it a symptom of an illness or is it just a symptom of From prep? the prep, yeah. So I just wanted to do at least one show. And I noticing in the mirror, I'm like, I'm super flat. You know, I was, I was getting super lean, some cuts in my glutes. Um, but we were getting close to the show and we ended up doing the show. I remember going into the show, I was so demotivated because I was feeling so sick. I was like having trouble sending my coach progress updates. 
you know, I'd send pictures here and there, but like, I was like, Oh my God, I feel terrible. Like, I don't even know if I can step on stage. I'm so embarrassed, but I really had, I, I had, you know, Lane was a really good inspiration for me because he always kept my head up and, um, he's told me I had a ton of potential. So when I did do the shows in 2009, it was the Cardinal Classic, uh, IMBF Cardinal Classic. The show's no longer around, but, uh, and in 2009, like those were the years, like these shows were tough to turn pro in. I mean, anywhere in the United States, like from like, I would say 2005, 2010, it's still hard to turn pro, but back then I was like, oh my God, that was my goal to turn pro, but I was so sick and I was so demotivated. Like, I just like, all right, I just want to look good. And I end up doing the show and I won the lightweight class against a, a guy named James McGuire who already had his pro card and a couple other organizations. And, uh, you know, I was really happy that I won that class. And then I went into the overall against these guys. I think the lightest I weighed in was like 153. I was, I was pretty lean, but I probably could have lost three or five more pounds, but I was lean enough. And I went to the overall and some of these guys were huge. I think there was like a heavyweight. He was like 220 pounds or something. Um, and I ended up winning the overall and turning pro. Um, but yeah, so that was a story of, of the first show, actually the first show and the only show I did, because after that, things just got way worse. And I ended up not doing any more shows that season. And um, it wasn't until about, a year or a year and a half later, I found out that, you know, what I had was Lyme disease. So you hung on for like over a year. With yeah. Like, Holy crap. You know, when like you're getting out of the show, like back then too, with Lane, he was really big with reverse dieting and reverse dieting is just as hard as dieting sometimes. So my hormones were still like pretty crap. Uh, and I was just feeling terrible, even with more calories in me, my workouts were getting better. Sleep was terrible. I went, I got a sleep study done. They told me I'd sleep apnea, even though I was like still super lean. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of weird. I guess it's more neurological, but I tried to see that didn't really help that much. And then, so um, what was the, what was the tipping point that made you decide like this, this is something different. Like, could you just kind of tell, or was there an event or a new symptom or like just to help other people where if they find that like they're in the same situation trying to decipher like is something going wrong so i mean this is kind of personal but i'll go down that rabbit hole because it, it is what it is but like growing up i never had like super anxiety or depression but i was getting so so like down on myself like they put me on some medication uh the sleep apnea like i was talking about i was super fatigued i couldn't sleep properly i wasn't recovering from workouts and um yeah, so that was pretty much the tipping point. I just, one day, I just kind of, I just started, like, bawling my eyes out. It was bad. But I was, like, I was 21, and, like, I thought I had, I was on top of the world, and then this shit happened, so. Um, but, yeah, I, I did some research on my own because I got diagnosed, with like, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, sleep apnea, like all this stuff. And I'm like, these are just a bunch of syndromes, like it's a bunch of symptoms, you know? So I was working like my whole life uh, at nurseries uh, doing uh, landscaping, stuff like that. And I was around dirt a lot, I was around uh, mulch a lot. And there's like ticks and bugs everywhere. So I don't remember getting bit by a tick, but 
I did get tested and the, the strain of bacteria came up positive. So that's how I found out I had Lyme disease. So there's like a little bit of a rundown of that. And then, you know, years of dealing with those symptoms, going on antibiotics, getting off antibiotics, going back on antibiotics, not being able to lift like months, even years on end. And um, it wasn't until about four or five years ago that I kind of got off antibiotics and I got off most of my medication and I'm on the direct path of just um, dealing with my symptoms, working around them, but not letting them control my life and living as a bodybuilder with Lyme disease and not a patient with Lyme disease who bodybuilds, that makes sense. So let's, let's dive into that a little bit. What kind of lifestyle changes, nutritional changes, training, like, you know, let, let's see, you know, what's different now or what have you had to adjust because of the symptoms? So when you're 21, you can get away with like six, seven hours of sleep, you're like feeling like perfect, you know, seven hours of sleep. You're like, Oh my God, that's, that was like a full night of sleep. Now it's like eight to 10 hours of sleep. I tried to shoot for And I, um, I know this is like kind of like a, taboo topic but i really don't try to eat a lot of processed food i try to eat mostly organic and i'm just talking about mostly like meat you know organic meat and if it's if it's like potatoes or uh, rice i try to stick with organic i know like if you can if you could if you can eat non-organic food because it's, yeah let's it's way cheaper and your body doesn't like it doesn't like your body's fine with it but like me, I went on a diet for like a month with just eating regular food that wasn't organic. And then went regular month with organic. I felt way better. So I stick with organic. That's just what works for me. It's another thing about with my diet. Um, I try not to like go out, eat like crap, even, even in like a surplus, maybe once a week that helps tremendously. And um, the sleep, like I said, and also doing like, it's kind of crazy. I have to do anywhere between 30 to 50 minutes warming up when I get to the gym now. And I know I get weird looks. Like I come there and I'll do my dynamic stretching. I'll do, I don't do like prolonged static stretching, more like 15 to 20 seconds of that. I go through some drills and, and I don't start until I feel like nothing's really like super tight. Cause that's like one of my main symptoms is uh, like immobility at my joints. Even when I'm starting a workout, training chest like my my tricep and shoulder joint or shoulder girdle is just locked up so i yeah it's like 40 minutes of work 40 minutes of warming up like 45 minutes before legs um so it's kind of crazy and then usually like a 15 minute cool down after a workout those are pretty much like the major changes i had to deal with that i know that uh has helped me uh, with the symptoms so yeah yeah. And I mean, for anyone that's watched your training, they know you're still training very intensely, right? Like yeah. you, you move yeah. some heavy weight, yeah. you move very yeah. intently. Uh, it's, it's actually pretty fun to watch you train because you just get after it a little bit. So knowing your background, I think that makes that much more impressive, right? Yeah. I mean, I started bodybuilding in like 2007. So I've been at it for almost 15 years, even though I had some breaks here and there. So I've tried plenty of different uh things that you know there's different types of training that's been here uh that has been in the bodybuilding field and everyone's tried this and tried that i try to do a com combination of things and uh, yeah i do definitely like lifting heavy weight but that's just like what i enjoy i think 
when you're training and you're doing something that you don't enjoy, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to actually go in there and have a productive workout. Right. So, right. I don't, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, now do things change? This is more, I guess, probably on the training side of things. Do things change for you dramatically when you are in a flare up versus when you're feeling, you know, a little bit better? Cause I know that this is something that kind of not comes and goes per se, but you can have flare ups and bouts that are more intense. Do you change volume, change like your RIR, RPE, change exercise selection, anything like that? Yeah, like if I'm in a overload of work like week and I'm trying to like move some heavy weight and it's just like the last two workouts, usually one workout is not good. I'll be like, all right, that's okay. But if it's more than one or two um, and I'm like, and I've been feeling like fatigued or outside the gym, like I'm going through a flare up. I'll just like go through that overload week, but I won't like hit failure as much. And then I'll do um, some blood volume training like the next week where I'm doing higher reps, shying away from failure, maybe two or three reps, uh, reps in reserve and uh, not really fatiguing the central nervous system. And usually when I do like a full week of that and I can kind of concentrate on things outside the gym, uh, usually the flare ups do get better. So. That's what I usually end up doing. So more just like pump and metabolic work. Any like intensity techniques you use, like like BFR comes to mind for me, right? You know, not a lot of stress on the joints or anything, but still an Mm -hmm. effective way to train. Um, I don't do too much blood flow restriction because I'm like, I'm so like old school. I'm just like, I'm just like, Mm -hmm. just give me some dumbbells and I'll do like a set of set of like 10 to 20 pound dumbbell presses. But do you know I like if it's a blood flow week, I'll do like flat dumbbell presses and I'll make sure I'll get like a super sweet range of motion and like mm-hmm. really concentrate on the squeeze and actually the stretch. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, like I'll do a lot of fly movements, like if it's for chest, but I don't do so much blood flow restriction. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know Dan's a big fan of all the uh, alternative training techniques. We actually chatted about that with one of my clients. Um, Cause I started using it again, just for some extra volume, but uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it, like I said, it's, it's remarkable to see you train and know your history because yeah. I know a couple other individuals that, I mean, they're not bodybuilders, but just seeing them kind of going through daily life and work and seeing when they have their symptoms um, it takes a special kind of person to not only just be, you know, surviving, going about your day, but thriving and, you know, rebuilding the physique that you have, which is a uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I was talking to you guys earlier and like, I kind of call myself a bodybuilder that, that has Lyme disease, not a Lyme disease uh, patient with who bodybuilds. Cause I think that I actually don't even like some people, some people may ask like, uh, if I'm doing all the stretching, I'll, I'll be like, I got Lyme disease. You know, I have to do a lot of stretching. It helps, it helps uh, uh, before workouts, but I really sometimes go through like days or weeks without even thinking about, oh yeah, I got Lyme disease. You know, that's because like I'll have like tremendous workouts and I'll look at progress pictures and like I'm just like I can't believe I'm having this much you know um, like great things happen in my life and it's just like oh yeah I still got Lyme disease but mm-hmm. yeah I don't know I think that when you're a person with Lyme disease you got to keep moving like if it's either working out or um, just doing chores around the house. Like once you start sitting down and not uh, 
like being immobile, I think that's one a lot of the symptoms start up, like even even like the neurological symptoms and stuff. So that's helped me tremendously. Yeah. yeah. There's a will, there's a way. Yeah, I mean, it's like I don't know. Me and me and Leroy talked like two or three years ago, and he's like, he's like, oh, are you competing soon? I was like, yeah, maybe a year and a half, and it's like three years later, and I'm still like, you know, the plan is for 2023, but right now I'm just like, I'm so confident right in, in my physique and what I build over the last five years from what I had and the progress. So I'm just super happy that and grateful of everything that's been um, happening for me. And I don't know, just super, super grateful. <laughs> that's awesome. So you, what were you about to say, Dan, there? I don't want to cut you off. I was going to say, well, you know, what's, what's things looking like for, for the upcoming year up into 2023. We, we talked a little bit, yeah, um, but I don't want to reveal too much of, you know, whatever you want to share. Okay. Yeah. I'll share some stuff. So right now I'm going through a phase. I I'm coming down from about 210, which at like my height, I'm like five, five. So 210 was pretty heavy. It was like the second heaviest I've ever been in a, in a ball. So I'm mm-hmm. right, I'm right about 192 and we're we're getting to about 185 is when we're going to stop the cut. Um, you say we are you working with somebody? Yeah, yeah. I've been actually working with Cliff Wilson. For You're working with Cliff too. Okay. Like or like Leroy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been doing my diet for the last three years. He helps me train every now and then. And yeah, he's he's a great guy. And so the plan is to get to 185, which should take about three or four more weeks, and then. We'll do, I don't even know if you want to call it a reverse or a, a diet, diet break, because we're going to probably do a diet break for maybe um, eight to 10 weeks. And we'll get, we won't stay at maintenance though. We'll actually add calories back in and um, probably get back up to 190 just to make, just to like, you know, have a little break, you know, around November is my birthday. So November 5th, maybe I'll go out for a meal and, you know, so that, there's a little balance between 185 and 190. I'll get to 190. And then we'll start. I love how your deviation is just going out for a meal. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, so then we'll start actually. So then we'll start the diet, the real diet. And so in 2009, I was 153. We probably, Cliff, and Cliff doesn't, you know, he doesn't bullshit. He's like, you needed three to five pounds to lose to get super shredded. So probably about 150. And I haven't competed since 09. So we're looking probably between what he told me was between 158 and 161, like completely like bone dry, you know, mm-hmm. before we carve up. So yeah. I, like, I think like you said, he's not bullshitting. If that's the number yeah. he says, like his accurate, he's so accurate with those numbers. Yeah. And I think it's realistic, right? I haven't competed in almost 15 years. That's like seven to 10 pounds. I think that's, that's, that could be attainable. And, and that was like my prime years, like, 20 to 30 i'm 34 right now so i'm still putting on i'm still making progress so you said you were um, about 150 in your first season 153 is a 153 okay but you're gonna so, get you know he wants you to get you know about five super, pounds another five pounds of fat yeah, off, yeah, fat off. So, so. so probably about like 190 we're starting at up at and we'll probably get down to like 158 or something and then we'll see if we'll go from there. And I'm hoping that because I'm going to give, we're giving, we're giving myself time. I'm hoping that in 10 months, 
as that's how long I'm going to be dying for just to lose 30 pounds. So I'm hoping that we can do maybe an eat into the show type of thing, but that's, you never know what that, that, that's, that's always an idea that's always out there, but you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. In those 10 months, you could stall or there could be something coming up uh, personal. So, but, so we're going to give myself 10 months to diet and when we're ready, we're going to pick out our shows, but we are, my, my thing right now is probably, um, I got to regain my pro status again. So I had a pro, I had pro status in the IMBF, the WMBF, whatever you want to call it. And so it doesn't really matter for me what organization it is, USBF, OCB, WMBF. I got to get the pro card back and I want to do a pro show. Um, but two, two shows I am eyeing at, like definitely proud, definitely are, is the IPE Worlds and the USBF United States Championship. Those are two shows I definitely want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like with the progress I've made and everything, I definitely want, I feel like I have a really good chance to um, do very well at those shows, let's just say. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, definitely want to get the pro status back, compete as a pro and do well as a pro. Those are good, those are good goals. And to place top three at those big shows, uh, I know the IP worlds, they usually have weight classes if it's big enough. And the uh, USBF, United States Championship, I think they have, they split that up too. So, you know, that'd be, that'd be a huge goal of mine to place top three in those two shows. So, but, you know, I'm yeah. just, I'm just going with the flow. And I, you know, I, I, I work with a guy who does not, um, like, give many compliments. So when I do get a compliment here and there, I feel pretty happy. So, but those are, those are the plans for 2023. Nice. We like to see it. And I know like IP worlds is around that like normal late fall show time is the USBF show as well. Kind of like October, November time. So that's why I was talking to Cliff. Um, We were talking at first about WMBF worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I love the WMBF. That's a, a great organization, but I do feel that they, with them, they they want to see you compete at their shows to place well. And I'm not a guy that's going to compete every year. I like to take long breaks, like three to five years. So if I step on a stage and I don't place where I think I should place, I'll probably be pretty upset. So. Um, I think the IP and the USPF, those two shows might be a better choice for me. But yeah, those are fall shows. The IP show is at the end of October. And the USBF show, I think, is the beginning of November. And they're both in the Midwest. So the plan is mm-hmm. to go out to the Midwest to compete in those two shows. Yeah. So those are, nice. that's the plan. And they'd be somewhat more local to you anyway with where you're at. A little bit yeah. less of a flight. So I'm in Ohio. There's not tons of pro shows around Ohio, like as far as like WMBF, uh, USBF, IPE. But yeah, so Chicago area, that's about six hours. And then the world's is about eight hours away. So it's not too bad. You know, I'll actually be going down to Florida before I come back up for those shows. But I think we're going to do a little bit of a, a travel drive <laughs> with the family. So that should be interesting because that's what we did with my brother when he competed. We went on actually from like Naples, Florida, all the way to New York. So that was pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. That would be, I feel like I, Dan, especially, I feel like would just be like super stressed for that. Maybe I could do it a little bit more flexibly, but yeah. uh, trying to like peak yourself while in a car traveling halfway across the country. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. So, so what we do is we actually rent a, um, uh, what are those, those, the trailers with the, like, I can't. RV? Remember. RV. I can't. Any pack, <laughs> any pack dumbbells in the back. Yeah. yeah we rent a, we rent an RV and it's in, when we rented the RV, it was just me and my mom driving, and my brother was seriously in the back sleeping the whole time. <laughs> so he was like just prepping meals and sleeping. We just drove the whole time. So he actually he actually did the show in New York, and he looked really good. So we're probably gonna do the same thing. I don't know. Maybe I'll be the one sleeping the whole time. <laughs> so, I mean that that's probably a pretty cool experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, much rather do that be uh, having your own mobile hotel rather than jammed into a car or something like that. Oh, if it was just if we had if I had to split it with somebody one other person I wouldn't do it, um, but I don't know. The problem is the Lyme disease. I got to bring a lot of stuff with me, like my gym bag and and the food. I just I don't know about flying. Right, flying would be a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Like flying across country to the shows. Um, plus, it's like only going to be my second season, so I don't know. We'll see. It's so far away, but I'm definitely looking at those two shows, the IP Worlds and the USPS uh, United States Championship. So, yeah, those I, have a, I have a feeling when you start leaning down and start posting some lean shots, you're going to get a whole bunch of promoters start contacting you pretty quickly. So uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see yeah. where you end up. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, there's so many good shows, uh, but I don't know. I have, I have like, I don't want to talk about like politics or anything. It's just like you know we've we've i think we've ran into some issues that we've had you ran into some issues with shows with like you know the stuff that goes on but um it's just like like for instance like you gotta take you want pictures for a show and you end up using pictures of yourself backstage or at the gym as like your best picture instead of on stage there's a problem right like you want your, your shots on stage to be um like you bring home, you're like, oh, look at me, but, and then, then the whole lineup's washed out. It's just not, I don't. I'm That's why I loved Mr. America, because the photos mm-hmm. and the video were just insane. I know, right? Like, that's a, that's another really good show, too, I was looking to do, but, yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. And, James, you said, I mean, you said that, that most muscular that made it on uh, NBC Sports, uh, that's one for the yeah. wall, you said. <laughs> I yeah, think that was true. I mean, the, the family, right? I mean, you made it on national TV as a natural bodybuilder. How many people can say that? Not Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah that's Best moment cool. of my career. That's that's for damn sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, you know, Greg, with the way things are going. Greg had the most yeah. muscular now on NBC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's see it. Um, all right. So to kind of to tie things together here, we've got a little bit of the history. We know the future plans here. If people want to follow along with you, Greg, watch your journey, where can they find you? Uh, I usually post, like, I go through sporadic things, like, times of posting. Like, I'll go through, like, a month where I post a lot, and then I'll go off for a month. But I usually post all my stuff on Instagram, which is Greg Bremick, uh, or I think it's Gregory D. Bremick. You just search me, um, mm-hmm. and that's where I do post my updates. Uh, I do work a good bit on your story. Yeah, yeah, I do post quite a bit on my story. I do when I have a good workout, I'll post that. I I like lifting some heavy weights, so that's 
that's mm-hmm. something I do take pride in. Nice juicy um, pumps. Nice juicy pumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, you can just follow me on Instagram and check check me out. <laughs> okay. And then for those lifters that maybe are in a similar situation to you or dealing with their own kind of battles, their own health issues, what's kind of some insight that you would give as kind of like a final closing statement for those individuals coming from your experience? I know a lot of people would be like, take it day by day, but honestly, you have to take it like hour by hour. And sometimes it's like minute by minute, like don't be irrational and do this and uh, uh, just just makes take small goals, make small goals, achieve them, and mm-hmm. yeah, like take it take it minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, and, and that stuff adds up. And at the end, uh, you'll you'll look back and you'll be like, wow, that was that was crazy, and I can't believe that I'm feeling better. And um, mm-hmm. it you and then it's like a year later, right? You're just like whole different person that's yeah, crazy I don't, know. I don't know how to explain yeah. it but that's kind of like the process that i helped yeah. me no i like it it's you know breaking things down so you're not overwhelmed with like how big of a deal it is find the small victories and use those to build some momentum for you yeah and post it post it uh like post it the little things that mm-hmm. you write down like what you gotta do i have those like everywhere in my kitchen like every day i make a little list of stuff that I need to achieve and things that uh, I should remember for the next day. And it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> That's yeah. posted. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right. I like it. We like it. All right. So thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Natty News Daily. If you like the episode, if you like what we're doing, like, subscribe, follow, all that stuff found on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, and the kind of a new feature that we're adding in because we wanted to make our content as free as possible. You can actually tip us now for what we're doing on the website. So you head to nattynewsdaily.com. It's going to flash up right in your face, throw a couple bucks our way. Maybe we'll reinvest it into some cool new awards like we did last year, some new apparel, what have you. We're trying to get some money back into the sport. So thank you guys for tuning in for another episode.